Welcome to the side show on who cares about men's health. Uh, we're going to talk about an article that I found about sleep. This is kind of interesting, but the first question I have for you guys, um, Troy and Mitch is, would you like a sleep consultant? Would you like to have somebody in your life that would help you make sure that you're getting the optimal amount of sleep? Like, are they sitting and watching me sleep or like, <laughs> cause that's the first thing I thought of. Like, I don't know if that's accurate, but just, what do you mean? <laughs> yes. I mean, there are people who do that. <laughs> I know. I know. Just like, you're also called sounds... stalkers, but yeah. Just pull up a chair and watch me toss and turn. That's right. Maybe you should uh, lay on your left side, Mitch, for right. a little bit. I notice you seem uncomfortable on your right side. <laughs> right. Thanks, sleep consultant. <laughs> I'm going to say no, I would not want that. Just okay. because I, it would just make me more frustrated than I already am. So, <laughs> sure. No, I, I, I know my sleep is not good. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, in the Olympics, um, you know, Olympic uh, teams, a lot of times they have coaches and trainers and physical therapists and massage therapists and all that, right? So they can perform at the, the height of their abilities. In Tokyo, the U.S. weightlifting team had another person on the team to help athletes perform at the top of their game. It was a sleep performance director. Hmm. They're the only Olympic team to have such a thing on their staff. And this person's job, essentially, um, he said, I'm a sleep doper is what I am. (laughs) I just try to manipulate, you know, using people's kind of natural rhythms and sleep to make sure that they get the maximum amount of sleep and recovery. Sorry, which team was this? Uh, the U.S. weightlifting team. Oh, wow. And only the weightlifting team. It wasn't like the soccer team or anyone else. Yeah, this year. This year. It was just the weightlifting team. So Jeffrey Dermer, Dr. Jeffrey Dermer, he's um, a neuroscientist who specializes in sleep. And he's been doing this since 2013. He's been a sleep consultant that helps optimize athlete performance through sleep programs. And um, just, you know, using natural physiology and science to improve uh, the sleep. I thought this was an interesting thing. He said, what we found is the concept of overtraining syndrome really is not about overtraining. It's about under recovery. Hmm. And when we talk about the core four, you know, we talk about activity, nutrition, emotional health, and sleep as important components to your health. And I think that really kind of underlines how important sleep is. First of all, that an Olympic team had a sleep consultant. And then this notion of under recovery. Something else that the doctor said that I really, really liked was this notion of don't think of going to sleep as ending your day, thinking about it as getting ready for tomorrow. You guys like that? I like it. I mean, here's my thought on sleep. And it's funny. I was just thinking about this today. Sleep is the new smoking. Like, I feel like we're going to look back. Honestly, I think we're going to look back in 30 years and be like, what were we thinking? You know, in terms of our approach to sleep, in terms of often disregarding it, obviously we're seeing Mm. changes there, but we feel like, oh, anyone who sleeps eight hours a night is weak. I admire people who sleep five hours a night and look how productive they are. And I think in 30 years, we're going to look back and be, you Mm. know, like, like, kind of like how we look at smoking, like in the 1950s and 60s now, like you look back at, you know, the doctors who would smoke and appear in ads and be like, smoking's healthy. Um, it's funny. I, maybe I thought about that cause I'm actually listening to a book on the history of tobacco right now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like sleep is the new smoking and in 30 years are going to be like, wow, we were stupid. The doctor said that the most important part of his job as a sleep performance director is first educating the athletes about the benefits and necessity of sleep. So, you know, there's this mentality like you referenced, Troy, you know, like I'll sleep when I'm dead or, yeah. you know, when you're an athlete, you, you got to use all those waking hours to train. Yeah. 
So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to actually help the, the, the athletes and the individuals sleep better. And we've talked about some of this stuff before, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, I would like to have a sleep expert on and talk about this notion of, you know, out of the three of us, maybe one of us does better going to sleep at three in the morning and sleeping their eight hours until whenever they get up. You know, this notion of you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in right. the morning that doesn't necessarily work, you know, cause everybody yeah. has their own kind of sleep, sleep, yeah. uh, their natural sleep rhythms, if you will. So, yeah. yeah, but it's fascinating to me too. And I think we talked to Kelly Barron about that. The idea that there are short sleepers out there, people who function just fine on three, maybe four hours a night. And her response was that, no, they, they don't, these people don't yeah. exist. They just have learned to be tired. Yeah. They've, they have learned to be tired and that's how they function. And we all need sleep. We're not superhuman. And and it's so prevalent in the medical profession. That's what's so hard for me. It's just this idea that it's crazy how as medical professionals, sure, I'm going to tell patients you need sleep, but among our profession, how we disregard that. And, and you know, we even look at people who who prioritize that as, as weak or, you know, or unfit. But yeah, I think in our society, in larger society, it's in so many areas, people disregard it. And certainly in the tech industry, I think, you know, there's a lot of that there where it's like, yeah, you can work all day and party all night or, you know, or work all night too and get by on four hours of sleep. And that's the definition of success. So um, hopefully that'll change. Yeah, the short sleeper notion that uh, Dr. Barron talked about. I think about that a lot. Um, the notion that they've done research, you know, there are still these people in the world that say, I only need four hours of sleep and I work great. I actually do better than if I sleep too much. But um, what their research found that I wanted to also throw out there is they do things to really keep themselves awake. Like they drink a lot of uh, caffeine beverages or yeah. a lot of sugar beverages, or yeah. they, um, you know, really amp up their excitement level and their intensity to just to try to push through it. So it's not yeah. necessarily, they don't need fewer hours of sleep. It's just, they found strategies to, to, you know, get around that and cheat sleep a little bit, which uh, as you said, cheating sleep, not a good idea. Yeah. And I think as they studied those people too, they found that they engage in multiple, what they refer to as micro sleeps during the day where they are essentially, their brain is turned off. Their eyes are open, but their brain is off, <laughs> which is a little scary if you're driving. Um, that, that happens and, you know, they may try napping or, or just, you know, in, essentially involuntarily napping, just doze off for 10, 15 minutes just to try and their body's trying to compensate. So well, I guess that's for me when I'm hearing like Troy talk about, you know, the social impact of how it's cool not to sleep, et cetera. I think the one that I get tripped up on a lot is, am I sleeping right? You know, and it's for sleep to be such a like standard biological process. There's a part of me that's like, oh, I have to have the most perfect health hygiene, sleep hygiene. And am I sleeping right? How do I optimize? Whatever. And so I guess what I wonder is, does this, what, does the consultant help you figure out how to do that? Because that would be great. I mean, especially if you're trying to like personalize and figure out what works best for you rather than just what works for everyone. This uh, consultant in this article did give some suggestions. So I'll go ahead and go through those. Uh, we have heard some of them. There's a couple of them that I hadn't heard before. So uh, wind down before bed, you know, slow down 30 to 45 minutes before you go to sleep. This uh, individual suggested setting an alarm, even to remind yourself to do that. Cause how many times have you been like, Oh geez, I, I got to go to bed now. You don't get that 30 to 45 minutes to, to wind down. So meditation, reading, stretching, anything that helps you settle. Yeah. Uh, the second suggestion is cool your core. So uh, take a warm shower or bath and then rapidly cool your body in the air. Oh, interesting. And that helps you 
fall asleep faster. Huh. Um, also, belly, belly breathing will help with that as well. I haven't heard those before. Uh, treat the bedroom as a recovery sanctuary. So, you know, the technology stays out. We've yeah, heard that, yeah, right? TV. You, you can't, yeah, you can't yeah. be reading that stuff. Yeah, not only the, the light of the technology, but sometimes the content when you're <laughs> oh, scrolling yeah. and looking through the comments of Facebook yeah, or social media. Blood pressure up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't add anything until you've eliminated stuff. So light, noise, heat, bed discomfort, or objects that stimulate uh, wakefulness. Include sleep as part of your training. So if you, uh, this, this was the notion that sleep is your basis for your performance the next day. So think of your sleep as the beginning of tomorrow instead of the end of today. And then be mindful of your own sleep habits and patterns. Uh, are you giving yourself enough time to sleep with a regular routine? Um, and if, if you still are doing all these things, like you're, you're, you're winding down, you, you're trying to get the eight hours and you're getting it, you're getting to bed on a consistent time, you're getting up at a consistent time and you still don't feel rested, then, uh, they suggest you get professional advice from a sleep physician. Hmm. So there are a couple extra tips for how to make your sleep a little bit better. Any final thoughts on that? Yeah, it's got some interesting points in there. Again, I hadn't heard that about the shower and then cooling your body core down after that. That's an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, the other stuff, like you said, Scott, the screen time, that makes great sense. And having that 30 to 45 minute wind down time, uh, definitely essential just to slow the brain down, decrease all the external stimuli, and then be ready to go to sleep. Hey, this is Scott. Thanks for checking out the Sideshow episode. By the way, I've got a couple of extra little sleep tips. So these are some thoughts and concepts that have come up over the course of the podcast, tying back into the core four and just remembering how your activity, your nutrition, your stress, your sleep, and your genetics can impact your health. They all interrelate. They're not, you know, separate things. So um, over the course of the podcast, we've learned nutrition can also have an impact on your sleep. So take a look at how late you're eating, how close to bedtime you're eating, how much you're eating. Uh, We've talked to Thunder Jalili about intermittent fasting. And if you stop eating kind of before bedtime a few hours, that sometimes that can help you sleep. I know it definitely changed the way that I sleep when I stopped eating, say, at six o'clock versus, uh, you know, having a snack at nine or ten. Another one of the core four activity. So getting some activity can help you with your sleep. Again, I know um, from a personal experience, if I get um, the activity that I need to get during the day, but not too much, because if you overtrain, that can actually limit your sleep, but getting some activity, making sure that you're getting out and being active will help you with your sleep as well over time. Of course, stress can really impact your sleep. So we have some old episodes on, you know, some better tools to deal with stress. You might want to check out, uh, or you might want to get some sort of help and find somebody you can talk to, to get those tools to deal with stress. Alcohol and other substances can impact your sleep as well. Uh, alcohol is notorious because a lot of people think it actually helps them fall asleep, but research has shown that you do not sleep as well after you've had alcohol. You don't get into that deep sleep. So that could be another cause. Uh, And other substances you might want to check out for smoking or drugs. And then there could be some medical conditions that some of the symptoms might be, you know, sleep related. They, They impact your sleep. Obviously, the obvious one is you have to get up and go to the bathroom. That could be something, you know, going on with your, your bladder, your kidneys, um, or it could be a health condition that you're not aware of. So if you're not sleeping, those are some other things you can check out. A good first step, go to your primary care physician and just let them know that you're not sleeping very well and you can start working through some of those things. You can also check out some of our past episodes where we've talked about sleep. Episode six, we talked about if sleep trackers work or not. 
episode 11, how to beat your insomnia. So some tips there from our sleep expert, Kelly Barron. And then episode 44, tips for better sleep. And those are some of the sleep hygiene things that we briefly talked about here, but we have a little bit more of an expanded conversation with sleep expert, Kelly Barron. And then episode 45, that's your mental health toolbox episode. Just such a great fallback episode uh, with some exercises, some breathing exercises that might help you as well. All right. Thanks for checking out the show next week. We're really super stoked because we're going to have a migraine update. Um, We had a show about men and migraines and we learned, well, we knew Troy had migraines, but we learned that Mitch also suffered from migraines, even though he wasn't admitting it to himself. And they both went to a doctor to find out more, to see if they can get help. And we'll find out about that next week on Who Cares About Men's Health. One last thing, if you know somebody that would get use out of this podcast, please do us a favor, share it with them, whether it's on social media or in person, just by saying, hey, I got a really cool podcast you might enjoy if there's a specific episode that might help somebody. It's the best way to help us get into the ears of more men and help more men care about their health. Uh, other ways you can reach out to the show if you want to contact us include hello at thescoperadio.com. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash who cares men's health. And then we also have our listener line. You can leave a message at 601-55-SCOPE. That's 601-55-SCOPE. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring about men's health.